Welcome to Inside Comfort with Jerry Navarra from Jerome's Furniture. And now here's Drake Van Hooser. All right, everybody, welcome to episode four of Inside Comfort with Jerry Navarra. I'm your co-host, Drake Van Hooser. We're broadcasting today again from Satellite Studios in beautiful San Diego, California with our producer, Tom Sinyago. And today's topic is case goods. It's sort of an industry term that's kind of thrown around a lot. A lot of you may not know what that means, but we're gonna tell you what that means and what to look for when you're out shopping for case goods. So today we're here again with Jerry. How are you doing today, Jerry? I'm doing fine. Great. Just fine. Great, great. Beautiful weather out. It's starting to heat up. It's getting hot. I we actually bought a Santa fan Anna. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Just ask my sinuses. I yeah. can tell we have a Santa Ana going. Yeah. Oh, it started to get windy last night for sure. For sure. All right. So you brought a delicious bottle of wine today. You like it? I like it a lot. It's quite different than anything we've had before. Tell us a little bit about what you it, brought. It is different. Um, it's a Rombauer Zinfandel. Okay. And it's uh, real bold, you know, big, big fruit. Uh, a little bit on the sweet side, just a little bit, but other than that, pretty well balanced. But um, the reason why I brought this one is if you're going out and you want to take a bottle of wine, Rombauer makes a great Zinfandel, a fantastic Chardonnay, and uh, a really good um, Cabernet. So if you take Rombauer with you to someone's home as a guest, yeah. You can't miss. It's a flex. You know, yeah, say. it's it, it, yeah. In a pinch, <laughs> yeah. when you're in a hurry, you know you don't have time to be asking questions mm -hmm. and all that. Just grab a bottle of Rombauer. You know, you, you really can't miss. Boom. I want to say we're not sponsored by Rombauer. It may seem no. like it, but no, <laughs> but, but it's it. just it's an easy go-to. <laughs> yeah. When you're in no, a hurry. No, it's fantastic. Okay. And I we I think we all were talking about it here at the beginning that it's a it is a real crowd pleaser for sure. It's something you could bring and anybody would drink and delicious. So appreciate it. First time I've had it. So let's get in, let's get started. Case goods, what are they? Why do they call them that? Well, you know, it's just a, it's an industry term. You know, we refer to case goods as in our case goods buyer, but it, it, it it's, it's a very loose term and it, it uh, we use it, the way we use it, it means everything that isn't upholstery. So it, it you know, basically everything that's wood, mm -hmm. but not accessories, you know, not, not accessories, but, um, you know, cabinets and that kind of right, thing. Right, right, exactly. Your drawer, dressers, and so give us some examples then of, of what some case goods might be. Well, it could be, um, could be a nightstand, or it could be a buffet, or um, a dresser. Mm-hmm, like bookshelves, bookshelves like yeah. that, yeah. Uh -huh. So... That's, you know, something everybody has in their house. And so you really, when you're out shopping for them, I know you see just such a wide variety of prices. And, you know, a lot of that, there's a lot of determining factors in what makes up the price of a case good. And so you and I yesterday took a little time. We were preparing for the show and we talked about this. And so um, what, what are some of the uh, things that really go into making up the, the cost and really determining the cost of you know, something like that, something like a bookshelf or a nightstand, something. Well, you know, obviously the price is going to be determined by the quality, right? Right. So, and then, and that's going to be the materials, uh, the manufacturing tolerance, tolerances, meaning 
you know, how exact are they and all the fittings and you right. know, how the miter joints fit together and all that. Uh, it kind of makes me think of old times um, and the craftsmanship, yeah. you know. Right, and who's making it. So you said makes you think of old times and that was, uh, you did have a story yesterday a little bit about, uh, now we can't tell who it was, but about the the quality of craftsmanship and uh, I think it was the in the joint tolerances. Well, I'm going back to, let's say, the 80s, you know. Mm -hmm. That's a few years ago. A few years ago. A few years ago. And uh, almost all of our case goods came from the South. Actually, that's an even another story, and that is that in the 50s and 60s and 70s, we had some great manufacturers in California. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, the, the, and those are all the companies, they made some phenomenal wood products and those are the companies that uh, disappeared mainly because of EPA mm -hmm. um, and of course the state would never admit that never because <laughs> no no um, no companies ever left California right yeah because right. of hearts yeah uh, restrictions <laughs> and all that but every one of them's gone yeah um, we, we used to be a pretty good uh, wood producing state it's amazing yeah. anyway Going back, I, I remember being in High Point, North Carolina, in a factory space, um, and when I was finished, I, I'm not going to mention the name because it's it's a derogatory comment. <laughs> but um, anyway, I was so upset with uh, you know the the craftsmanship, their tolerances. You know, I, I would say things to them all the time, just trying to stick a needle in their side, saying, you know, you could drive a truck through your your moldings. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. you're, just, you're just trying through to help your joints. them, right? You could drive a truck through your joints, there you, you know. There you go. And that was, the, that was uh, I mean, did you notice a difference then when, when manufacturing moved, you know, predominantly then to the south and, and the quality and things like that? Did it start to... Yeah, well, you know, um, when I started, the south really was in its heyday. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, it was uh, uh, north central and northeast United States. Mm -hmm. But um, after the Second World War, the South really dominated. And then, and that was when I came in. And I came in in the 70s. I mean, I was in the business before that, but, you know, as a part of a furniture family. Right. But uh, in the 70s, you know, that it was when I was engrossed in trying to make a living in furniture. And that's when your dad was putting you out on the road and you were going to see the vendors and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, I was... Um, I think I was about 25 years old. I went to North Carolina on my own. Yeah. I had never been there before. You know, you would think he would take me one time just to show me the ropes. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and in those days, we would go to the factories. Not, not, they didn't have, many of the main factories, the bigger ones, you know, like Broyle, Bassett, Thomasville, you went to the plant. You, you didn't go to a showroom. You went there, and of course, um, you know, they, they feed you. They even had like Broyle had Bowling Green, you know, where they they'd uh, you know they put you up for mm -hmm. a couple nights. Wow. I mean, basically their strategy was if if we can occupy you while you're here, yeah. then that's our game's over. Right, right. So they you know they'd have parties, poker yeah. games. You're not uh, you're they, not even gonna notice how bad our joint booze, work is. Foot, oh yeah, right. By the time yeah. you leave here, it's yeah. Like, after, yeah. After the <laughs> After the fifth beer, you could care yeah, you less could care, about right? our joints, right? <laughs> but that's how it was done in the 70s. 
um, yeah. anyway, you know, I remember being on the road just as a, as a, I had, you know, I remember being on the road going to factories and running out of time and I had to get a place to stay and I didn't have a reservation and yeah. I ended up staying in like the Psycho Motel. Yeah. I mean, it was like the worst experience of my life. I never even slept. I remember you told me you could hear rats, right? In the, oh yeah, in the there, walls. Were holes in the, <laughs> there were holes in the wall and I could see the moonlight yeah. every once in a while kind of poke through one of those holes. It was... <laughs> It was just amazing. It was all I could get. It was either that or sleep in the car. Oh man! And well, now for our younger listeners, which I'm sure we got a massive audience under 18. This is <laughs> this is uh, this is the uh, pre-cell phone era, right? So there's there's no getting a hold of anyone. You're out there in North Carolina, driving around, 25 years old, essentially out on your own, right? Oh, so, I stopped at like three motels. And they, you know, I need a room. Can you help me? Are you crazy? <laughs> Get out of here. And it you just, know, was it always busy just because of the furniture stuff going on there? That was really like a hub. Oh, yeah. These places these places would be empty 300 days out of the year. Yeah. You know, and then during the the during the month that uh, we had two markets a year. Right. During that month, you know, they, they were busy. And, of course, then their prices would be quadrupled yeah. for that for that period. You know, I think this this is kind of a, would be a good segue to talk about, because now you, you just, as you said, like the factories that you used to work with that were here in California, they're gone. A lot of these guys that you were working with in the South, they're gone and they're not there anymore. And so manufacturing really predominantly has moved over to Asia. And for wood. For, for wood, talking right, about for, for wood. We're all yeah. talking about case goods here. That's today's topic, <laughs> so we'll just remind everyone. But, yeah, so, uh, I, I, you know, you were talking a little bit about that and why why that really started to happen. And um, so talk a little bit about that transition. And I think there's also this, like, stigma that, like, oh, you know, it's made in, it's made in China. It's not any good. But that's not necessarily the case, is it? Well, it, you know, it is kind of a long story, but I'm going to try to make it as short sure. as I can. Yeah. But, you know, after after the Korean War, mm -hmm. um, uh, the U.S. really tried to um, help business in Southeast Asia. They figured, right. you know, if people, you know, if they had, it's the old thing, if they had jobs, they'd have them, they would develop a middle class society and they would, and democracy was the obvious way to go. So... You know, and we pushed a lot of business to Taiwan. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, we that's where the rubber tree, the U.S. guys, uh, I've talked to guys who said they were there and, and they taught them how to use the rubber trees because, uh, you know, that's that's a tree that has no knots and it's used for structure, right, whatever. Yeah. But, um, but before the 60s, they used to just burn those trees after they were not productive. After like 12 years of production, mm -hmm. they would just cut them down and burn them, plant a new one. Okay, wow. Yeah. Because so, they were just using it for the harvesting for rubber, of rubber, right? The raw rubber. material input for Yeah, that. but the, yeah. the wood is a good hardwood. Right. But it's not a pretty wood. It's just, it's used for structural similar, components. Similar to a lot of the wood that, you know, you would see in the South, which is why, you know, a lot of the manufacturing and the mills were down there. They were building a lot of the things, the structural wood, and so. Well, that's, true. that's really how the South got started. Um, so, you know, it, the manufacturing moved from the uh, central north, mm -hmm. north central, northeast, down to the south, you know, after the Depression and the Second World War, um, because they, they had the wood. You know, they had gumwood, which, you know, one... There are many, many different gumwoods. Mm -hmm. Like in North Park, North Park is famous 
for a lot of the gumwood cabinetry that was built into the houses. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's very historic that way. Um, but there are many different kinds of gumwood. One that I remember uh, that North Carolina used a lot was called Tupelo. There's a town named Tupelo, yep. you know. And it's, um, it's a wood that's prevalent there. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's, it's, it's similar to our alder wood yeah. that we have in the Pacific Northwest. So it's, it's, a, it's a fairly hard wood, easy to work with as far as woodworkers are concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, it cuts well and all that. Um, and it was used for structural wood right. in the South. And, uh, and also the South had hickory, ash, pecan, oak. You know, the southern oak is different than the northern oak. Um, but they had, you know, they have a lot of wood in the south, right. lots of wood. So originally, a lot of the lumber started going north from the south, right? And then, um, you know, you had these lumber mills in the south, like in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Um, and then they started to make dimensions, like, okay, we won't just send you the lumber. We'll cut it all up for you, so it's ready to go. Yeah. So they had they had mills, they, you know, they, where they would uh, send dimensional stock, and then after the Second World War, they had all these factories in the South uh, that were uh, prior uh, textile plants, mm -hmm. like you know looms and okay. whatever. And a lot of them had gone out. Th um, a lot of that had already shifted to other parts of the world. So you had these huge factories that were empty. So the, you know, the city fathers would go to a guy who was already a lumber mill right. and making dimensional stock and say, if you will work this factory for five or 10 years and hire people, if you'll do it, we'll give it to you. Wow. You can have it free yeah. because it's empty and it's not doing us any good. Yeah. So that happened, I mean, all these guys in the south, I mean, these are like hillbillies out in the mountains, yeah. you know, uh, sawing lumber. Yeah. And then two generations later, you have like the Bassets and the Vons and the Broyhills. They're like upstanding citizens. <laughs> you know, they were high society yeah. in the south, yeah. you know, but their ancestors were, you know, it's a higher. So it's amazing. It's an amazing story yeah, that's of how the south. And that's how the south became dominant in uh, furniture manufacturing. We would order... Uh, things from the south that would come by a rail car that was originally that's what I would do is program rail cars coming west oh that's cool yeah wow, wow. you've done it all wow that's interesting so that all right so really then <laughs> rolling back to to the Asia thing so the rubber trees then were prime I mean it was a great natural resource so it became obviously a fantastic area to kind of help them develop this production of well, you're of talking about stuff. Southeast Asia now. Yeah, correct, correct. You know well, did, yeah. we did start there, right? It we did start from there. The south. It did, but yeah. there's important. It's important to know the history of how it, you know, where it was prior. Well, to I don't, that. you know, I don't think this story has ever been told before. Yeah. I never heard it from, you know, maybe insiders, but um, so we bought, you know, all our wood from the south, and we really, we weren't really connected to those people. Right. You know, the Southerners are different than we are. I mean, at least that was my sure. business impression, yeah. you know. I mean, like, we always, like, just tell me, give me the facts. Yeah. That's all I want to know. Just yeah. give me the, and, but they would butter, you know, they'd say, oh, we just love your business. You guys are so good to do business with and blah, blah, blah. And I would go, yeah, that's all BS, but, you know, but, but how come I have trouble getting my merchandise? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. So what would, so whenever we ordered 
case goods from the south, every time you place an order, it was 90 days out. Okay, yeah. so what would happen is stuff just, you know, they had a calendar and things wouldn't get shipped as planned. And you'd wonder what, the, they'd always come up with some story. You know, yeah. we didn't get this, the wood wasn't oh, cured. Yeah. But then I'd find out from insiders that, you know, uh, Jim Bob, his fishing buddy, called the production manager and he said, you know, we had a great month. We sold out of this bedroom set. I, I need some. Can you? Yeah, sure, buddy. I'll just, I, I, I'll figure it out. I'll yeah. get it. Well, it was, it was Jerome's, you know, 40 bedroom sets that went over to some guy in Arkansas or whatever. Right, right, right. So they would steal from us and they refused to have warehouses where you could order from a warehouse. Yeah. So we had to always buy future cuttings. And uh, then they would steal. And of course, you call a customer and say it's late. The customer thinks you're lying, you know, right? You well, say, sure, of course. Sorry, they do. Yeah, no, supposed you supposed to be yeah. here next yeah. week, but yeah. it's That's not all, coming. Yeah. You're the liar. You know, it's not yeah. coming. And uh, it, it caused us a lot of problems. Okay, right. so that set up. So they abused us. Yeah, I mean, they were treating you like a priority to your face, but not when it really came time to do business, right? Exactly. Yeah, I've had my dealings with Southern people. Exactly. I'll just say that. I mean, it was, common, yes. Common they thing. were all kissy-faced <laughs> talking to you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you looked at the actions, it was different. That's right. And I, I, I you know, it, the way I was brought up, that's that wasn't yeah, the yeah. way we... Operated sure. my family. Sure. Anyway, um, you know, then Southeast Asia, it was the Taiwanese first, you know. Yeah. So here's what happened. So in Taiwan and in Asia, they were already making furniture for some of these big names in the South. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All the big names. The yeah. real expensive stuff. Yeah, right. Their, their carvings and their beautiful veneer work. Yeah. It came from Asia. They weren't making that uh, okay. stuff. Okay. They weren't making that. Right. So... It was coming from Asia. So, all right, so these factories, think about it. These are like family factories. They're making parts and, and they're making pennies. Sure, you know, sure. Yeah. They're making pennies on dirt floor factories. Yeah. So they make a few bucks. They send a kid to Yale, Berkeley, Stanford. I mean, you know, we're yeah. talking, you know, it's still going on today, right? Yeah, yeah. So the kid comes back and he goes, Dad, you're getting screwed. Yeah. Let's just make the whole case and we'll sell direct to the the chains, the furniture chains. Right. Let's do that, because right now you're never going to make any money. So they go, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's try it. Yeah. So that started in Taiwan first, and they started shipping like complete chairs, chairs. Mm -hmm. Then it started there. It started with occasional tables, like you know, coffee tables, right, right. things that could be flattened because shipping was a big deal. And then they went from like 10 years later, then it started being bedroom sets and, you know, bookcases and everything. Yeah. And they got better and better and better. Well, we, uh, we could see the progression of quality getting better and better. Like these guys are smart. Yeah. You know, they're, and they're committed all the way. Um, we could see that it was going to be a, a tremendous source. So we started pulling from the South. And of course, right away, it was like, you're going to buy from these Asians. You're not going to buy from us Americans, yeah. you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And, you know, uh, my thing was, you've been abusing us for the last 20 years. There is no loyalty. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, so <laughs> as soon as it made sense, we sh we and everybody else switched. Yeah. And they, yeah. Yeah. And, they went and uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's good. Now that that's interesting. So you got you're a talking, half hour sidebar. Well, it's a great <laughs> sidebar. I mean, that's super interesting because it's all about. I mean, it's what people need to know. It establishes the base of of wood furniture and things like that here and uh, and what we buy today. So um, you talked a little bit about watching the trend. I mean, the the progression right of the quality. And to where, you know, you're getting things that actually, as you and I talked yesterday, that were that were far better than what you had ever received from domestic manufacturers. And so... Well, what we're getting today is far better than the quality that we got from the South. Yeah. And, you know, we don't, we don't have to stick them with a, with a, yeah. you know, with a, with a needle. Yeah. <laughs> we just said, this is the quality we need. And they just said, okay, we'll make it. Yeah. And, you know, it took a couple years, but boom, they didn't argue with us. That's perfect. So then that, that yeah. kind of takes me to, to um, materials, right? I mean, there's just a variety of different materials that you see. I mean, everybody knows, like, oh, they think, you know, solid wood or hardwood is the best. And then a lot of the things that you see out there are some things that you buy at, I won't mention the furniture store, but they're almost like, paper right i mean you can set a glass of water on it and it expands like a sponge um and so talk a little bit about some of the materials um you know starting i guess with with hardwood or solid wood and what are some of the advantage and disadvantages and okay well you know you're right there because advantages and disadvantages there's pros and cons and right. everything you know and they're all trade-offs right for instance um when you when you buy something, let's say a case that has a solid top, mm -hmm. um, to get some really attractive grain, the planks have to be wide. You know, if they're two inch planks, you're not gonna see any grain, sure. right? Yeah. The wider that plank is, the more trouble you're gonna have with it. The more it's apt to uh, have season, seasonal splits. Right. Um, the, because, you know, wood is rope, with uh, like gelatin in between the fibers that hardens mm -hmm. and and it swells and contracts and each one of those pieces is different has a mind of its own is going to do something different and they're going to move differently you know when you blue, glue them all up to make a top right and if you have that solid top piece long enough it is absolutely going to have seasonal splits meaning where the wood starts in the dry periods it starts to open up little gaps and what you know whatever it's not the glue line that will necessarily open up it's actually the wood that will show natural splits in it and it's just going to happen so if you try to avoid that by having very uh, narrow boards glued together now you you don't have a real attractive yeah you're losing grain. All the look right yeah. yeah so you know ever since hell over a thousand years ago they start they learned how to do veneers mm -hmm. And the veneers are glued to anything, solid wood, plywood, uh, chipboard, MDF, you know, it can be glued to anything. So the veneers allow you to have a uh, really do, it's all about the grain, yeah. the graining to make it pretty. Yeah. And um, that's another way to go. So going back to just before we move on to the veneer thing, so like solid wood and hard wood, so, I, you know, it's, Typically, some of your higher end things are are made of that, and so but people should really expect though that there are going to be cracks, there are going to be natural variations. I mean, because it is it is the well, closest to the raw form of the of wood that right of hardwood a tree that you can. That's get, absolutely so. you know the yeah. closer on anything even like leather. Yeah. The closer you move towards 
all natural, right? The more you're subject to um, Mother Nature's, you know, will. Sure. You know. And so speaking of Mother Nature, so. You notice how I can't talk without moving my well, hands. That's fine. We're I you know mean, we're not like... on video, but it works. <laughs> I do it too. It uh, and uh, so anyway, so yesterday, so we were talking a little bit about this, and we were, and it was about the you know you mentioned Mother Nature, so the expanding and contracting. A lot of that um, is seasonality, but it's really temperature, humidity. So some parts of the country it's more susceptible, right, than others. Like San Diego, we don't really have, it stays kind of the same humidity kind of all year round, so you don't really see that as much. But you told me a story yesterday about being in Colorado, being in a furniture store, and hearing what you thought was a gunshot, but it actually wasn't. No, um, all right, go back to what you just said. Sure. In San Diego, you know, the humidities are like 65%, you know, roughly, mm -hmm. right? If you smoke cigars, San Diego is a great place to live because <laughs> you almost don't need a hum oh, humidor. Wow. Yeah. Did not know so, um, so it's very mild here. And mm. when we do have the Santa Ana conditions and the humidity plunges, right. it's not for very long, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe a week at yeah, the right. most. Exactly. Right. And then it's back up to regular San Diego. Well, there are parts of the country where, especially when it's cold, you know, they have real climate changes, mm -hmm. especially when it's cold. You know, the humidity would drop to like 10, 15%. And if it happens quickly after a long period, let's say it's been damp for a month or two, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you have a, a, a month where the humidity just plunges, it just wreaks havoc on, on woods because they change so fast. I've heard them, as you, as you alluded to, I've been in a, a store visiting a friend out in Colorado a long time ago, but you know, it would sound like a, a gunshot. I swear, I I ducked the first time I heard it, and I've heard it happen several times. Where uh, uh, it was a tabletop in uh, all the instances, solid tabletops, they would just explode because they were. It was maybe a damp period. They expanded or whatever, and then it was really, really dry, and they contracted so fast that the wood couldn't adapt, and it just went pop. And the uh, table, you know, just would cave into the ground. Ooh. I mean, that it, it's, uh, I never heard of that before, yeah. never saw it before, yeah. but when I saw it, I was just dumbfounded. It's a heck of a way to lose your merchandise right on the floor. Oh, yeah, the table's uh, firewood now. Yeah, exactly, veer away from the hardwood. So veering away from the hardwood ourselves, you talked a little bit about veneer and um, the combination, right, uh, of a hardwood or something else and a veneer top. And uh, I found it interesting that you, that's actually your recommended. You said that was the what you felt like was the best construction actually for well, for a case good. Well, okay, so I would say well, it's about a, a few things. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it's trade offs, right? Right. Um, I I would say really I would be very pleased with construction that is veneer mm -hmm. for the appearance of the grain over plywood and that is uh, the plywood is going to make it the most stable type so if you have veneer with a great finish and it's a beautiful uh, veneer right. graining uh, on plywood to me that is very very good it's not you know some people would say that's not great quality but I mean if, if you want the appearance and you want the stability you know, right, right. Exactly. There it is. Right. I mean, and good plywood is, it's, 
fabrics, and it's absolutely strong and lightweight. It means too, you know, when they use plywood, one thing I've noticed is like when people move furniture, you know, they don't know, always know how to move it and stuff. Well, it doesn't move really well because it's really made to sit there. Yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. just sit there and it doesn't move for five years. But, um, you know, if, if you handle it roughly, it doesn't. But plywood, the strength to weight is very high mm -hmm. and uh, it handles very well. Plus, it's not so high, it's not so heavy a material that um, you're going to do, you're going to, you know, break it. Like, you don't have to take all the drawers out. If it was all plywood construction, you don't have to remove all the drawers. But if it's, if it's MDF or particle board, you, you probably should remove all the drawers before you put it on, take it out of the house and put it on a truck. Just because they're not, they're not as strong. Well, you're all, adding right? just, you're gonna add, yeah. it's so much weight. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you're not going to kill yourself. Yeah. So, how do people, you know, when they're out, I guess, you know, like we said, there's give and take, right? So, it's all about what you're looking for. If you're really looking for, you know, a beautiful finish, longevity, things like that, and, and really consistency, I would say, in the finish, you're probably going to want to go with a veneer combination type of type Yeah, of I thing. mean, we, you know, we have solids for right, people no, who want Right, no, absolutely, right. I mean, it's like, our, our, it's not for us to judge. Uh, no, you got to have It's for us to have what people want. Mm-hmm. And so we have the solids and we have the veneers and uh, it's, it's up to us. I mean, what we do is to choose for the, do what the customer can't do. It's to select the best of whatever category it is, mm -hmm. you know, have the best veneer, the factory that makes the best veneering, does the great, the best overall job. It's our job to find the best one. So really, though, I mean, but somebody like, let's say, actually our Midtown table, you know, reminds me of something in our premier department, <laughs> solid wood, live edge. Just people should be prepared, though, if they're wanting the, the natural look and things like that of hard wood, that there is going to be natural variation and that they yeah. shouldn't be shocked I, or surprised yeah, when, well, they, if that happens. I, I, I think what people don't understand is that the wood, I mean... The bulk of the expansion is on the width of the grain, not the length. Mm -hmm. So that's your season splits are always going to go Look, with the right, grain, right? Because you know it's going to, and um, it, it just ha you know it, it's a living. It's you could say it's a living product, True. and it will move with the humidity changes. There you go. All right, so be prepared, people. There are things to look out for, but it's still great. In San it's Diego, you won't, you won't hear yeah, that, you won't hear. that shotgun going off. You okay. won't hear that. Oh, there you go. Don't worry. All right, so let's move on to um, a little bit about then, um, well, we could either talk about finishes or do you want to jump into the joints right now? Do you think it's important to talk about the lacquer? Well, finish is good. Yeah, yeah you know, let's talk people, a little bit about People that. have asked me, you know, why do they use lacquer? There's more modern finish. Well, lacquer's is factory friendly. Yeah. So the the difference between lacquer and let's say enamel mm -hmm. is that when lacquer dries, it didn't change. It's like jello. It's hard, but it, chemically it's the same stuff. Whereas enamel, when it dries, it's a different product. So for instance, you that's why if you spill fingernail polish remover right. on lacquer, right. it's going to bite into that finish. Because that is basically acetone, mm -hmm. which is a, an extremely hot solvent. It's going to bite into that lacquer, and it's going to it's going to remove 
you know, it's gonna take depending on how many yeah. seconds it's on there, it's going to remove more and more and more of the finish because that lacquer is not. So th that's a disadvantage. Okay. So if you spill a solvent on lacquer, you have a problem. If you put water on lacquer more than 20, you know, overnight, mm -hmm. you have a problem. If you spill water on it, wipe it up, no problem. Right. It could be on there five, 10 minutes, no problem. It might even blush a little bit, but it'll evaporate. You know, that'll, it'll go back to normal, but not overnight. Um, but the thing about lacquer is when, you, you know, if you want to finish that has multiple coats, it's, it looks, it lays down beautifully. Well, with lacquer, you don't, because the solvent will bite into the prior finish, you can just, you could add 20 coats. You don't have to sand it. So very time efficient. Then. So in a factory, yeah. in a factory, let's say they want a finish that's, they, they want a material that's thin enough that when they spray it on, it lays down beautifully. It doesn't show little bumps and, you know, whatever. It just lays down, you know, not like brush mark type right, things, right, yeah. you know, it just lays down, it just hugs, hugs the grain of the wood beautifully, but they're going to have to do that four times. The lacquer will set up in 30 seconds, right? Especially when there's an uh, air evacuated spray booth or right. whatever, you know, a factory setting. Um, and they just spray it again, boom, spray it again, boom. And then they can do the glazing, you know, to give you that, like it's, an older piece of furniture look where they use um, like oil base glazings or oil based stains. Right. Put it over it, wipe it off, but it leaves, you know, it leaves a little residue in the grain and all that. And then they'll do a different color to make it look, let's say, like gray to make it look older. And then they'll wipe off and it still leaves a little, it just looks like an older sure, piece sure. of yeah. driftwood or something. But when you spray the lacquer over that, it sets it up, it goes hard. So lacquer is. It's easy to repair, and it's easy in the factory to put on a really nice finish, and that's why the factories use it. So that's a majority of the finishes that you're going to see out there are yeah, likely Yeah, pretty lacquer. much you're, you're going to be seeing lacquer. Um, some of them are what they call catalyzed lacquer, where it's like a, an epoxy where you have a AB mixture, right. and some of them are you know, hardened by ultraviolet light, so mm. they use less solvent, but it's... Got a, it's a catalyst type thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there are some real fancy ones today, but basically lacquer is lacquer. Add you know. that protective layer then over yeah, the so, furniture. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, 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 um, it's fairly durable, but it's not the most durable thing you're going to put on the, on the product. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, if you use like polyurethane, which would be really, really durable, you're going to absolutely, it doesn't adhere to itself very well once it's dry. Well, it also goes yeah. back to what we were talking about, about, you know, the cost, right? I mean, when you talk about something like that, that has to be sanded in between each layer, you know, the cost is going to go skyrocket just because the man hours into, into a piece. So really, like you said, being factory friendly, this lacquer really allows people, you know, high quality goods, durability, but at an affordable price just because of the scale, right? Well, even more than that, I mean, you know, that means that I could take if you bought a really beautiful piece mm -hmm. that has a lot of character and all that, I mean, I could take that piece 50 or 60 years later. I can take it off in layers. Yeah. I don't have to strip it. Yeah. I don't destroy it. I could take it off. I could take off, you know, just a micro millimeter, you know, a, a thousandth of a millimeter. I can take doing little tricks. I can take off part of the finish 
like the, the grimy part, right? And, get right? and then I can add a little bit of coloring and whatever, and I can restore that piece, no problem. I can make it, it'll still look like an antique, but it'll be freshened up, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll cover over some of the wet spots and, you know, whatever. And, but lacquer is like, it's for like forever, you know, a hundred years from now, you can freshen it up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've seen proof of this because one of the cool, and, and you know, maybe not in this episode, but another episode, we should talk about some of your restoration things that you've done because one of the coolest things I've seen you do was the, the seats from the old stadium oh, and, yeah. and the boxing arena and you, when you repaired them and, and made them look like new. That was really cool. Super cool. Um, so let's move on to the to other, you know, some other things that people can really look for when they're out shopping for case goods. And one of the most obvious things to me is the drawers, right? That you've you've taught me about look, when you're looking for, you know, at a dresser at a bedroom set, pull out the drawers. See how far the drawer goes, look at the type of drawer construction, check the joints, different things like that. So kind of walk us through uh, a little bit of that and kind of some of the construction methods maybe that people use for joints, some of the dovetail. Um. Well, the, the dovetail that you've seen quite a bit is English dovetail, and that's where it looks like uh, piano keys. Right, like little fingers almost right. locking together, yeah. Right, and the best ones are ones that puzzle fit together, where you can't just shove them together. You have to like overlap them and then yeah. push them together. Right. And then when you, if you try to pull them apart, they can't come out. Mm -hmm. So that would be the the better English dovetail. Yeah, and a lot of the factories will either pre-stain the wood or they'll use woods that are different colors, so that you can see that dovetailing because. It, Today, people want to see, love to see it. Sure. You know, it's actually a, a positive to see the work. Um, the other dovetail is French dovetailing, and that's where um, it's, it's like you're, um, you know, the two pieces go together. One is a channel, mm -hmm. and the other is a, you know, a thinner than the dimension piece, and they fit together. But in the, the French dovetail, it's not straight cut. It's, it's cut as a flare, so again, they puzzle fit together, where once you slide them together, and then you cannot pull them apart. Right. Okay, but the basic thing on joints is the amount of surface area that's glued. So when you do French dovetailing or English dovetailing, you've increased the, the amount of surface area that's glued up to like four times, and that's where the strength, that's where the additional strength comes from. Right. So that's definitely a quality piece that people can go out and they can look for. Um, what are, you know, what's the most like the, the cheap route? You know, what are, what are, well, the quick route, we look yeah, out for, the right? quick, it's you know? quick yeah. and easy. I mean, the very easiest is just a butt joint where two pieces of wood are just butted together. Um, or, or it, it could even be a channel and the slot goes, you know, goes into but that it channel. That but it lacks it, that but puzzle. You, yeah, yeah. It, it, it lacks the flair, yeah. you know, where it's not puzzle fit together. Um, that would be the cheapest um, and the easiest for a factory to do. You, I mean, that's going to be, you're going to see a lot of that. And then there's the drawers beyond, you know, just the dovetailing. One thing that I was just amazed about and you, you showed me was how some people, the drawers don't pull out all the way or the sides of the drawers, you know, it may look like you're getting this really, really deep drawer because of the front. Right. And you're like, whoa, I've got, you know, like a 14 inch drawer. Then you pull it out 
and like the sides are like three inches and you can only fit like two t-shirts into it you know so those are yeah okay so here's what happens you know when when factories are trying to cut corners mm -hmm. so w what they end up doing is uh, building the case to what to the dimensions of the product they can buy so for instance let's say they have plywood drawer sides yeah all right and they and they start with a four by eight sheet well when they reverse engineer it and they're they will design the the size of the drawers so that that four by eight sheet has no loss though there's no waste so a good way to think about it is like if i had rolled out a thing of dough and we were making biscuits I'm going to try to get as many biscuits as I can out of that sheet of dough, and that's what right. they're doing. So it means the biscuits are going to be smaller. Uh, smaller, right. So right. I get little biscuits instead of yeah. big biscuits like yeah, I want. Yeah, exactly. I gotcha. So, <laughs> you know, if... So it's one of the things that we look for, you know, obviously. Um, so if you're looking at drawers, and drawers are fairly expensive. Drawers are way more expensive than having a door with a with a cabinet. With shelves. Uh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or shelves or a cabinet. Uh -huh. Drawers are way more expensive. Okay. So you're paying for that, you know, you're paying extra for drawers. So, um, uh, so two things. One is, if the drawers go the full case, the full length or depth of the case, you're going to pay extra because that's just determined by the size of the case, not by the yield of the raw material, right? Gotcha. So yeah. you're going to pay extra for that. Right. <clears throat> the other thing is, to pull a case out, to pull that drawer out now all the now that it's deep it's a good size drawer mm -hmm. now to pull it out all the way so you have full use of it it's going to take a double it's going to take double slides you can't now the, the when we were buying from the south the prevalent way of uh using drawer guides was a center glide and it was usually a piece of wood with on the case and then a uh, a metal channel attached to the drawer and it would fit over it Right, just like slide, a, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it like, would slide yeah. straight out, yep. right? And that was okay, but unless you had stops, you could pull that drawer out and drop it on your feet, right? You know, so today uh, the more prevalent way, because a lot of it's made in Asia, mm -hmm. and they they didn't know any different. They just we just said use side glides, you know. They just took our word for the right way to right. do it because they go, we don't know we anything. Don't, yeah, we're learning. We're, just, we're ready to go, yeah. right? Yeah, we'll do what you say if you'll buy it and of course that's what happened um so they use side glides which have bearings like mm -hmm. ball bearings or just you know bearings but you have to double them up because in order to get that drawer the full length out you can't just have one piece of steel you have to have two that slide together anyway so and the double glides are more expensive right so you need the deep drawer the full case drawer and you need double side glides, a pair of them, to have the ultimate drawer. And of course, a lot of our cases do have that. Some don't. You know, they're going to yeah. be lower, the lower price ones. Right. Um, and then you'll find different linings as well. I know, shoot, I see drawers that are lined with felt. There are drawers that are finished. There are drawers that are unfinished raw types of things that... You uh, just named them. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I've learned You're a lot. You're learning, yeah. I've learned a lot, yeah. Well, well think I've about only, it. Only been think about it. All you have all you have to do is buy a piece of furniture, you know, let's say you're, you know, let's say you're a guy and yeah. your wife likes this piece of furniture and it needs a little work. 
like a little sanding and a little, yeah, little yeah, finishing yeah. and and you you get into it then when you you'll have different eyes because when you look at fin the insides of the drawers finished you'll go i can't believe how much time it took me to do that <laughs> and i can't believe they could sell that case for five hundred dollars I would not sell. I sell it for two thousand, right? Because it would take me three weeks to get that done. Yeah. The the point is, like when you have finished drawers that are nicely finished, so that your garments, especially like, you know, the real fine garments, don't mm -hmm. hang up. Sure. You know that it's nice. That is huge. You know, in the when we were buying from the south, we didn't have interior finished drawers. Oh, you didn't even have the option, so you no. Even, there was no. No, yeah. I mean, you're going to pay a fortune. Yeah. get that done oh. you but now you know uh, again they've taken our word for it like that's the way that's the right way to do it they think that's the way you do it so like if you're out shopping right mm -hmm. and, and I'm checking the drawers I'm checking the depth um, you know the drawers really like I mean what are some things people should do when they're out to look like should, I mean you know wobbling should the drawer wobble should well, it all, I, you know? I mean I mean when you pull it out you're gonna notice how secure it is right uh, it's look. It's nice to have stops. Mm -hmm. That's a feature because you're not going to pull it out and drop it on the ground. Right. Right. Um, but I mean, the absolute first thing you should notice is uh, how far does it pull out? Do you get full use Am of the I drawer? Getting, yeah. And is the is the is the drawer almost as deep as the cabinet? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it'll be half the dimension of the cabinet. Right, and then everything them work way back. Well, yeah, there, right? you're sticking your finger. Yeah, it's yeah. just ridiculous. But the point is, you know, like um, stores that have sales all the time mm -hmm. that want to sh show pictures of items at a price, and they need to get the price down. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the easiest way to do it. I mean, that's that's how it's going to get done is to get that price down because the silhouette or the photo looks exactly the same. But the utility is different. So there are just know. so many places then for really to cut corners that people can't see. Well, the corners are always goes. cut on the inside, not on exactly. the outside. Right, yeah. 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 So that's why, you know, when you go up to a case, pull the drawers out. Yeah. So now let's talk a little bit, because we're getting towards the end here, um, <laughs> about care. I think that's another really important thing. Y you know, no matter what kind of wood, you just you don't want to leave it in sunlight. Yeah, obviously, you probably want to use coasters, things like that. So what are some other things that people can do um, to take care of their case goods? Well, I mean, basically, never leave anything that can be damp overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's a problem. Even if it's solid, yeah, that will lift the finish. Okay. Yeah, right. you could repair it because it's solid. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I mean you, you could, you know, do a lot. Sand it down, read but, it. Yeah, but. yeah, you could, but who wants, you know, yeah. that's yeah, going to cost a fortune. Yeah. You know. So the best thing is never let it be damp for more than, you know, while you're there, mm -hmm. uh, not overnight. Keep it out of the sun. When you clean it, just clean it with a, um, a, a warm solution that's, you know, like a rag dipped in your dishwater. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want a lot of detergent, just enough like to wash your hands. Um, you just want to keep it clean. And the other thing is that people do is, um, you know, I told you that lacquer is like forever. You can, you can restore it. You can add lacquer right. to it, no problem, right. very quickly. But if you use polishes that have silicone, that really creates a problem. 
Interesting. Yeah. So like pledge and all those. Yeah, types they of will have so they add silicone because it makes it easier to use the product. It goes on. Yeah, it always it slides, goes on smooth, more easily. Yeah, 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 it's slick. Yeah. You know, it it just it's easier. Yeah. And of course, that's what people want, but it wreaks havoc if we have a piece in the shop. We have to clean it. We have to use special formulas to take that stuff off. And sometimes you can't get all of it off, and it reeks. When you try to spray, respray to repair it, right. it causes incredible problems. Wow! So it can ruin a lacquer finish, even just. Well, it won't ruin it. It ruins the ability, though. Yes. It to to have the longevity and to the, make the it flexibility, you know, like, right? Yeah, like with lacquer, the beauty of this. I mean, I can remember years ago. You know, I'd have a friend who would buy a piece, and I'd go, "I don't think that piece is good enough for that particular person." Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I they like the appearance, right? Yeah, right. But I look at the finish and I go, it's a little hungry. Yeah. It's a little on the hungry side. So I would send it through the shop and I'd say, you know, give it three coats. Uh, this guy's got more money than this cost, yeah. but he likes it. He likes it. Yeah, yeah, that's he what he wants. Yeah. Or she, that's yeah, what she yeah, wants. Yeah. But I know she'd be happier if it had a better finish. You know, improve the finish. Boom. But with lacquer, you can do that. There you you couldn't do that with something else. Right. Right. Well, that actually, you know, one episode we'll get into this more, but that a lot of people probably don't know that we have a shop, actually, a furniture repair shop at the at the warehouse, and now um, where we can do we do all kinds of things, right? We fill a lot of cushions and repair a lot of scratches and dents and things like that because um, all of our furniture has a one year warranty on it, right? From the yeah, that's true. I mean, we we have some guys that are wonderfully skilled. Mm -hmm. I used to be a buyer. Yeah. Uh, you know, at one time I bought everything, but um, for many, many years I bought our furniture and, you know, I always asked why, you know, why this, why that, why that, I drive them crazy. Yeah, you know, I wanted to know everything. Um, so, and I worked, and my dad had me work in the shop. Mm -hmm. He goes, if you really want to know product, uh, get your hands on it and get in the shop and see what goes wrong see how to fix what it takes, you know, how things are made. I learned an incredible amount. And my hobby now is, you know, working on products. But I still go into the shop, and when I find something I think they can use, a product, like I took something in last week, you know, some uh, less than one millimeter graining pins. And that I thought, boy, this is the cat's meow. Because I, I used it on a piece I did for one of my kids, uh, and it was perfect you know you could actually you know like if you had to patch a piece right. that had been damaged mm -hmm. I, I could recreate the grain these 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 indelible pens are so fine like a fifth of a millimeter you know yeah, so fine. Yeah, you yeah. could recreate the grain of course you couldn't see it unless you had a scope on you know you couldn't tell that's cool wow. but uh, things like that so I still go in there and I go you got to try this yeah you know and then they tell me if they like it or whatever and then I, I get them some, and then I hand them over. Here's where you get it, and boom. We've done that many, many times. Oh, I but remember colored the, pencils. So right? the, the posters are really good. Posters are really good, and that's good for us to repair because the buyer can come down and see what goes wrong. Right. Then the buyer, I mean, the buyer starts to get really sharp. So when they're in the factory, you know, looking at the insides, they know what to do. So on finishes, on uh, construction, on upholstery, you know, it's it's good for us to have a complete shop where they do 
woodworking and finishing. I mean, we, we just do that because the furniture is shipped so many miles. Yes, it is. Right, and it's, it's basically a work of art. Yeah. It's not done by machines, done mm -hmm. by people. It varies a little bit. So we have to, you know, we have to bring it up to our standards sometimes. Or you take it out of the box, it needs a little care here or there. We, we have to be able to do that. Or, you know, a spring breaks on a frame, we take care of it. Because what are you going to do? Throw it away? You right, know? exactly. So we do, we will do that, you know, during the warranty period, and then uh, you know afterwards we'll help a customer out. I mean, after the warranty period, probably going to cost them, but we're going to do it way cheaper than somebody else would. One thing before we we finish up here that I know is very relative to Case Goods and is very very important um, is about fastening your drawers and things like that to the wall, and it's something I never really thought of. But you ever wonder, you know, every time you buy, if you buy a piece of furniture, like a bedroom set, it'll come sometimes with a bracket and you wonder what it's for. Well, it's to make sure that that thing stays against the wall. And talk a little bit about that and the importance of that, because I know it's, it is a big issue and we won't. Well, you know, they have standards now where they have to test these pieces. I mean, I, I wouldn't even pay attention to that. You know, anything that has drawers. Mm -hmm. Or if, if you have children, you know, obviously it's all about children, right? Right, And they're going to do stuff that you would not want them to do. And they're going to do it so fast when your back is turned that you, you can't prevent it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, would just, um, I, I would just take it from there that it's going to happen, right? Yeah. I would have that attitude. But everything should be anchored to the wall so that it, the top can't not tip over. Because they'll pull all the drawers out and then they'll climb up to it. Maybe you left something on the top they want, like a toy. Right. And they're thinking, uh, I have to go all the way into the kitchen to talk to mom. I don't want to do that. I'd rather just climb up there and get it. Right. right? Make a staircase. And it happens in three and, seconds. Yeah. And um, it, it can be dangerous. Yeah. So they do give you these little fittings and things. We aren't going to. Uh, we aren't going to drill holes in your wall or whatever. Um, but you need to be mindful that anything, if you have children any or children visiting, mm -hmm. <clears throat> anything that can be pulled away from the wall because they're climbing up on top of the drawers, you know, or pulling all the drawers out, right. and then pulling on it to try to get to the top, um, you, you need to take care of that. I, I absolutely would, I would do that every time yep we're going to do some videos and things like that coming up that we're going to provide for people and that's one of the topics that we're going to well discuss the, you know if the factory doesn't give the give you the parts i mean it's there's stuff available on the web it's it's really cheap yeah you know it, it's not that hard to do we'll do a video and yeah just show you some options optional ways to get it done all right so we've talked a lot we've had a lot of a lot of a lot of topics i'm today. tired I mean, yeah <laughs> I'll get you out of here then. Um, so really, so just to recap, some things you know that people can really look for when they're out shopping, because I know we went into a lot of things. We went into the history of, you know, wood furniture and the production um, locations and materials and all that stuff. So really when people are out shopping, they really need to be cognizant and aware of the materials and the type of construction. So whether it be 
hardwood or combination hardwood and veneers or even some, you know, on lower cost goods, maybe there might be some paper finishes, but just know what you're buying. Be aware of what you're buying and be aware that, you know, things like hardwood, there's going to be natural variations that can occur. There's going to be cracking and splitting that can occur depending on where you live. Not all of our listeners probably live here in San Diego. And then also the finish. Look at the finish. Look at the finish quality. Um, I'd say ask some questions about that to your salesperson. The drawers are another really big thing that is a big tell of the quality because, like as Jerry said, you know that's the place where people will will cut a lot of corners. Um, so look at the depth, pull it out, make sure it doesn't wiggle around, make sure it's got the double glides on the drawers. If you're paying for you know a premium item, these are things that always should be there. The finished drawers. Um, and really, I think that kind of kind of sums up well, really. You know, what I would, I would say, else that, yeah, yeah. I, I would say you know to get it down to the most basic recommendation. Yeah, right. When you're shopping, you know, isolate what what you like. Yeah, right. Get it down to what you would like to buy. Right, and then compare them. Get, take those items that you're that you would buy and you, would work for you, and then. Use those as the basis of comparison. Compare them side by side because when you do that comparison, you're going to notice things looking at one and then looking at the other. You're going to notice things you, you wouldn't know just looking at one thing. Right. And uh, then you, you, I think you'll make a good decision. Yeah. Perfect. <clears throat> All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up for today. Um, again, thanks for joining us on today's episode. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Tom, very much. Um, guys make the magic happen so if you like what you heard so far make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating that always helps um, and the podcast can be found on all major podcast platforms spotify apple podcast iheart pandora now and just about everywhere where you're going to listen to podcasts so uh tune in next week and we'll have another exciting topic for you